1: mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices message and data rates may apply Bank of America NA, a member FDSE
0: we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what
1: will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
0: <laughs> In the among the myriad technical difficulties, the things that we do to get these podcasts to Darren, right. like he's he's like he was he was under the hood of his laptop. He he was trying to adjust the kerosene level. Mine, I don't know what what in the world's going on. But listen, we're so dedicated to you, the Southside Sox reader and Sox populi listener. That we are, there's just nothing going to stop us. And you know, we, you know, while I, while I was under the hood of my, my own uh, technology over here, adjusting the kerosene and oil levels, I got a little wardrobe wardrobe change in. And of course, what would you expect? Of course, Darren Black is going to go to that Canapolis hat because it's the Canapolis Cannonballers 2023 preview. We have reached the end of the line of the previews, Darren. Uh this is it. This is low A uh until whatever 6 5 months from now when we do this all again just reviewing the season. Uh this is uh, our last in this stretch of four straight. Tonight is uh opening night for Birmingham and Winston Salem and Kannapolis. Uh it's old hat for Charlotte they've been playing like 30 35 games already now so they're they're <laughs> well into the uh, swing of things but uh all the jitters uh tonight for the other three affiliates as they get Uh, started and of course, Darren will be providing a lot of our nightly coverage in addition to our weekly wrap ups, our monthly wrap ups, podcasts, wardrobe changes, kerosene level adjustments and everything. Uh, he is a man of many talents and he's here to carry this podcast because I really don't know much to talk about when it comes to Kannapolis. So I'll stick with what I know, the couple notes that I've made. So let's start appropriately enough, not with someone not in the organization term, but let's start with something that's got me now terrified. I had seen that Noah Schultz uh, is going to have a little staggered start to the season, just like Colson Montgomery. Uh because of course these guys are, you know, golden pitch. I read your preview, which it's his right arm. Yeah, so um I think we
1: found out about that from James Fegan's piece with Chris Chris Getz and Getz did hasn't pay no way he's gonna get uh or no way he was gonna finish the season. Um so might as well start late. Yeah. Uh kind of take it a while or take it slow to begin with and uh let him pitch into what would be uh september for the first time in his well life so just kind of let him get used to that fact and then ramp up next year uh but yeah he not getting innings in competitive baseball till june um he could get you know maybe a start or two in the acl arizona complex league but the majority it seemed like was going to be in the cannapolis so that's why he's here and not uh for that preview and i don't know what month is it April okay. <laughs> okay, two oh or believe three me, more it's all running together is. too uh
0: okay, well, then let me uh bring this up to you then, Darren. uh, you calmed me, thank you, but now I'm terrified in a different way and it's terr- I'm terrified because I somehow forgot, even though i think I think i while you were off like doing whatever you were doing last year, I think I wrote the uh first round pick profile on him, so I should know this, but I should remember this. I'm terrified of his height. He is super tall. And that doesn't mean he's going to be Randy Johnson because he could also be Alec Hansen. But that the countenance of this guy, I mean, as you say, projectable because who knows? I mean, who knows? First of all, he's a high school. That's (laughs) always, that's always a who knows. And he's a high schooler who hasn't even had the opportunity to pitch as much as maybe even a a normal high schooler might have. So, I mean, this is really, really projectable. But boy, if you got to be projectable, you might as well like be able to jump center too. So. Uh, g- give us a little read on on what you see in this guy and what maybe some of the strengths are right off the bat
1: uh yeah so i mean the thing that got him drafted in in the first round is a slider that's basically where the randy johnson's comparisons come in <laughs> obviously being really tall yeah, uh, but uh, but a hard thrower and with a really sweeping really biting slider um both things you know well all three things tall fast fastball and really good slider Um, are all things randy johnson had um i don't really like putting them in the same sentence i i know just when you talk in the draft you're like oh this guy can compare to x y and z they're all hall of famers in the first round basically (laughs) um we'll get to peyton pellet and he was um uh compared to walker bueller so you know always got to be compared to the very best uh when you're drafted right away and um, no one knows what you're going to end up like. Um, but yeah. And he also has a pretty good two seamer, um, that he apparently learned while with the white Sox after they drafted him, And it seems like that's worked out well in the backfields, um, after he was drafted into this, uh, into this spring as well. Um, and then, you know, as we've talked before, uh, not just with, um, you know, any, um, they have usually have to learn to change up and that's, you know, something that he has to learn to, to use as well. Um, But he's, you know, we see guys with two pitches doing really, really well. They normally have a slider and they're doing it really, really well um, in the majors. Um, But he's, you know, a long way, a long way away from that. And I mean, he's not Randy Johnson. um, He's not Chris sale. He's not any of these really, really, really good guys. Um, He's a raw, really tall. It's got some nice qualities, kind of a pitcher. Um, and it's gonna take a long time for him to finally see some time.
0: He's not Alec Hansen either. It could turn out to be. It could turn out to be well, Alec yeah, Johnson, But uh, we just don't I mean, know.
1: We just don't know. His injury was hopefully just right now. I know Alec Hansen's yeah. big kind of fall was after his injury. Yeah. And he just totally lost command. Yeah. Um yeah. so maybe that's why they're taking it much slow much more slowly here with him. Yeah. Um I know the Sox really haven't had great luck with high school pitchers lately. Yeah. We've all we've talked about all of them up until this point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, projectable. Hopefully he's good. He's not going to throw a ton this year. Um. Twenty twenty four will probably be the. Okay. You no. Know, oh, this guy's really yeah. moving. Kind of a year for him.
0: You know, dear Sox pop listeners, Southside Sox readers. You know that we're going to explore the full studio space of the Canapolis preview because I just don't know too many guys to ask about so i'm going i'm going to go off the board and throw a question at darren here because we hear this a lot that a guy's drafted uh and he has to learn a change up now i've got a guest that uh picks sort of on wild card schultz being a guy who's just like a, a bit of a question mark even though a very 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 tall one uh and uh well we're gonna to get to the presentation soon enough but uh, uh peyton paulette uh who w- had like First round pedigree, but had in, injury. I could be getting my guys mixed up, had injury. So that's yeah, maybe yeah. why they got him in the second round. Uh, but he's a guy that really is like, uh, you know, really is almost a, a 1A first rounder and, and seems very clear is in position if not only because he doesn't have any any forearm issue, um, to, to, to really move faster than Schultz because I mean, he's, he's more ready made and he's a guy who can really click into that sort of first round pedigree, you know, as soon as like his first couple starts this year.
1: Yeah, um, that's pretty much what he was going to be um, before uh, he had Tommy John surgery. Um, He was doing really, really well in 2021, missed all of 2022. So another guy who's not going to see a ton of time uh, this year coming off of a missed season. Um, But as we talked about before, when we were joking about, you know, how these guys are compared to, you know, the very best. (laughs) um, His his comp was Walker (laughs) Buehler because he's a smaller pitcher. Again, that's all height, and he also just throws harder than what a um, um, shorter pitcher normally would. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, um, I'm not really sure what kind of an innings limit he's going to have. I would hope that this is basically kind of going to be kind of a six-seven man staff basically uh, throughout the year until people start moving up and down. Uh, once the 2020, what year is it? 2023 draft class um, gets, uh, flowing through the system. Um, normally the big, um, kind of, oh, you're being promoted, uh, kind of, uh, in the lower minors, it's high A to, um, double A, which is the big step. Um, not just because, uh, double A is kind of where you discover yourself as an actual major leaguer, uh, in the future, but it's also, just for the White Sox organization, you're going from North Carolina to Alabama. Um, so yeah. maybe he gets time in uh, late in the year in, with Winston-Salem because um, it is just still in North Carolina, similar kind of uh, level there. Um, but I think once we're getting to this point uh, with, with A-ball, we talked about, you know, like Noria um, Vera um, in the Dash one, but there's a lot of just projectability here. And there's not a ton of innings to kind of see where these guys end up so it's kind of just a learning process this year for these guys um, and then we'll see if they can really take the next step next year um, and that's kind of where we're at in the lower levels of the socks right now a lot of guys that just haven't are coming off of injury or just haven't put in enough innings in their you know recent college or professional life so they got to they just gotta stay healthy. that's kind of the theme um down here, um at least on the pitching side on the hitting side there's not we'll get to it later, but um, <laughs> they really went all in on the yeah. on the pitching side um, yeah for the last couple of weeks so rounds. it
0: promises an exciting second half of the show okay, uh to tell you how stressful <laughs> it is to ramp up to the opening of minor league season, which is uh tonight and then of course slash. Um, uh, opening week for the White Sox And of course the doleful Drubbing that was dealt on Monday By the San Francisco Giants Darren Black doesn't even remember what year it is. And believe me, I'm no better. I it's <laughs> it 2020? I think it's 2023. Okay, anyhow, that concludes the actual players I want to make sure to ask about. So it promises to be a very spicy, interesting, and I dare say maybe even esoteric, second half of this podcast. Hang with us for a minute, and we'll be back. And I might not even talk. I might just gesticulate and let uh, what happens in one minute. We took it all. White Sox fans, it is Sox Pop on the Farm, number 41. This is a Canapolis Cannonballers preview. They begin play tonight along with the Birmingham Barons and the, uh, and the Winston-Salem Dash. See, if I don't, if, if I can't look at your hat and know what the teams are, I don't even know what our teams are, Darren, nope. but I got the Canapolis part down. So good. Uh, okay. Before we get to players, the offense or whatever, I already established that, that I'm, uh, clueless about uh canapolis and there may be good reason i read uh a darren black preview of a season or review of a season i get depressed now it probably is more often than not but when i read your preview i got sort of depressed darren there this and i and I think you alluded to it before the break this is a very weird team and maybe low a is always weird but it seems like every single player is hurt or they're like a little old or it's like, well, what it's like, okay, we've got a speedster at shortstop, but I know you've got contact issues. I I understand this is the time. This is the season. This is the level to start establishing yourself as a real prospect or not. And you see like the the Benjamin Bailey's all gosh, RIP Benjamin. He's he's already been released from uh, the White Sox system for goodness (laughs) sake. Uh, But I mean, this is, this is, this is, I mean, every level is make or break, but this is an interesting time, especially TSL guys, but even the guys we're talking about on this roster, um, you know, this is make or break. There's there's a guy who's, I think, spent his third year with Canapolis. I mean, this is a weird roster. And I know there's going to be an influx of guys when the draft comes or what, but am I right to be like, blah, what is this? Who do I even want to talk about? I mean, tell me i'm wrong and then shoot off like 13 great guys to talk about before we finish this <laughs> but this is, the, the, the canapolis roster is sort of a bummer and i would say even last la, i think last year wasn't because we had all the the prime guys and then we had some some guys maybe even the bailey's were like hey who knows um boy a uh, a year later it's like what, what is this
1: yeah uh well we can kind of look at it two ways um the first way and more you know directly significant to canapolis is they really just went all in and pitching in the draft, sure. um, and we know that they yeah, don't I really do. spend um, in the international market that often. And when they do, it's usually guys like Oscar Colas. To uh, play right field are, for the team. <laughs> yeah, who will start in, will start with the dash and then right. go in the majors because they're a bit older. Right. Or they're going to be the, your typical younger, like 16, 17, 18 guys that are starting in the DSL, and now um, they're going to be in the ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you know the way to look at it that the pitching is heavy. Cause if you look at the, the pitching um, there are a lot of interesting guys, obviously the best pitcher um, that they have in the system is here. And maybe the third best um, with pallet. Um, and then, you know, more interesting guys. Um, and then a lot of the relievers that they took are um, uh, like Drew McDaniel, Billy Seidel, Mark McLaughlin, Shane Murphy, just kind of guys that you're like, oh, okay, they, did well in college for whatever they're worth, and we'll they'll probably move quickly because they're all college guys, and we'll see if they have some relievers here. We'll see if there's a McKinley Moore here who mm-hmm. makes the majors in three years. <laughs>
0: like um, oh man, you're rubbing it in. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right.
1: And then, but yeah, and then from from the opposite of that, they used a lot of their um, draft picks to. Uh, in last year's draft for older college guys with no, um, you know, eligibility left, they were all kind of position players and that they would um, um, save that money to, you know, pay for uh, yeah. the pitchers that we just mentioned. Yeah. Um, the other side of that is the hitters actually did really well um, in the lower Here. minors last Here. year. Wilson- Montgomery did really, really well. Um, Brian Ramos did really, really well. Wilfred Veras did really well. Westcalf was fine. Um not anything special, but he's mm-hmm. not deservedly back in Canapolis. You showed enough that he gets the kind of promotion. Um kinda kind of guys like that. Luis Mayces showed that he actually yeah. isn't as bad as he um was uh in 2021 mm-hmm. um and prior to that. And I'm sure I'm forgetting some guys that someone will be like, Oh, you forgot so and so. But that's kind of that's kind of where we're at. It's gonna be a lot of uh, a lot of the draft picks this year, um, uh, Jordan Sprinkle is the best one, uh, but he is the best one because he's act- an actual shortstop. He's not um, kind of like Colson Montgomery or Jose Rodriguez, where like, okay, let's see how they get better at being shortstop. They're really good hitters. Let's see if they can yeah. get better at that, yeah. or if they need to move. Jordan Sprinkle is, oh, he can play right. shortstop, right. but can he? Can <laughs> he, he hit? Right. So it's um, never
0: both. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, it is well we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But it, it is it is never both to start off start yeah, off with. Sure. Um but and then after that it's kind of Drake Logan, Brooks Baldwin, guys that did get mm-hmm. um close to the uh bonus pool that they were allotted. Um and then after that it maybe Tim Elko. Uh he you know was they had mm-hmm. a great college world series run, yeah. Um, but like a lot of power guys that come from college that also have a lot of strikeout problems, um, once you come and play, you know, the best of the best from your your crew that you're going against in college, you kind of yeah. get exposed, yeah. And we've seen that throughout your TCU mate, uh, Evan Sc- <laughs> Scowg, uh, has run into some trouble there, though he did um play well last year. That's triple so A kinda... catcher
0: Evan Scowg to you, buddy.
1: Yeah, it's kind of that's kind of how that rolls for guys like him, Um, though. He could easily be in with the dash, too, because he's he's, I think, 24, 25. Yeah. So, yeah, the the hitting pool isn't that fun. Um, I think it will be uh, more fun later in the year or even next year. Um, I could see Lloyd Algepelli starting out in Canapolis too. Um, it's just usually going from the DSL. You usually just go to the ACL, um, and so I'm not, you know, projecting that uh, he actually goes. He, it would make sense age wise. Challenge him,
0: socks. Challenge him. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, we'll see. But yeah. I, I assume he'll start in the ACL if he does. Right. And if he does really well there, sure. Um, then we'll we'll see. But sure. a lot of those guys from the DSL are too young. They're going to go to the ACL. The best one, Ryan Bros too young he can't yeah, um too, sure he needs to go to arizona and yeah. you know still yeah. be a teenager so yeah. don't, don't put too right. much on, on his shoulders that's a lot yeah um so yeah, full far. season um, ball so again. just yeah just start him out um you know in a more controlled environment yeah so we'll see how it ends up shaking out um but yeah unlike previous years where it's like oh okay canapolis is maybe that's mm-hmm. where all the good guys are mm-hmm. um they're now moving up through the system right um, and there just wasn't a ton on the um, hitting side to kind of back them up. Yeah. Uh, that's usually how it goes um, with the Sox. There's always something that's mm. out of whack. Last year it was at the upper levels of the minors. It was pitching. Um, this year, lower levels, it's hitting mm. um, that they don't have a ton of. Um, so All right. I'm sure they'll address that in the draft. They continually yeah. don't really address that in the inter- international market. <laughs> um so maybe one of those two will you know fix <laughs> right. itself happen but,
0: right uh okay yeah. i feel a little better thank you darren i feel a little better yeah i can't you can't be great at every level every year oh wait no the rays are every level every year okay anyhow uh okay i do have a couple more questions but i think it, it's worth pointing out we really could call the farm podcast we could just call it the evan Skoug podcast we don't have to call it on the farm we could call it the evan podcast because i mean listen he, he he's our bridge He's why we're he's why we're best friends, Darren. I mean, he, he <laughs> went to he 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 went to both of our schools. He yeah. went to our high school. He went to one of our colleges. It's like I mean, he is he's the linchpin of this podcast. So come on, make that major's push, Scout. Let's do it. Come on.
1: Yeah, he's right
0: there. Yeah, right on the brink. Um, okay, I want to ask you about relievers, but first I want to ask you. Uh, let's let's just uh, let's ask a question a little bit here. The White Sox, for now at least a couple of years, if not the entirety of time we've been working together, Darren, have had organizationally, record-wise, and I know, who cares about records? It doesn't matter. You don't win a prize for, well, you do win a prize, but no major league prize for winning your division or winning in the play or making the playoffs, as if the White Sox are going to make a playoffs with an affiliate anytime soon. <laughs> I know it doesn't get you anything, but it's got to be some sort of litmus test for your organization so we know that the white Sox organization by and large is bad it's not just because they bring up guys quickly and they've got like 16 guys 16 draft picks in the majors i mean hey that shows fairly well but the record shows awfully now my question to you is clearly the white Sox want to despite the fact you point out that they don't spend any international money mm. and they have this weird thing now where they're going to go like all in pitching. And now you're saying, well, no, well, maybe next year they'll go all in, hitting. You know, correct. It's like, well, yes. hold on. There's another way you can do this <laughs> where it's pitchers. and <laughs> But anyhow, okay. Sorry, White Sox. Sometimes we got to laugh at you. Uh, all right. But this is a bad system, right? Record wise, bad system. They don't win. Uh, whether that's important or not. Okay. They don't win. Uh, And whether the goal is to be the race system that wins like every division in every league, they win divisions that they don't even have a team, they're not even fielding a team in, they still win that division too. (laughs) So I mean, okay, you don't have to be that either. But given that this is like a bad record uh, organization, do you think it's possible for the White Sector to correct that to get to be at least like a 50, 50, organization? And if so, how long do you think making a conservative effort to, to try to improve your system, if that's what they're doing? I don't know that's what they're doing, honestly. But if they are, how long do you think that would typically take for it to correct? Is that like a five-year thing where maybe five years from now? Not that we'll necessarily be talking as much as I, I might miss you uh, and as much as I definitely think that, you know, you have no choice but to keep doing these five years from now, Darren – uh, but I mean, could we get to that point? I mean, just probably not going to correct itself in a year. Um, what's your thoughts there? And does it matter? Is this just a stupid thing to be talking about?
1: No, I mean, I I don't really put a ton of stock into uh, you know, uh, affiliate standings. I know since I've been here, I think there's been two teams that made the playoffs. Um, maybe even just no, yeah, there were two. One Great apple one with the dash. great Falls oh yes great Falls I forgot they existed see see <laughs> I guess that was the idea um but <laughs> I I don't yeah again I, I don't put a ton of okay. stock in it they're usually like to take another podcast talking point Jared Kelly like he was working on uh a breaking pitch and using it a lot more than you know if you were really making a playoff push push than you then he would have um and especially if we're Continuing on to the Kanapolis portion, where they have a ton of guys coming off of injury that aren't aren't going to pitch, you know, um, full seasons worth of innings, um, maybe even not, you know, three fourths of a season's worth of innings. Um, It's just they need just arms to continue that example to kind of just finish out the games. Um, So I'm not sure how that happens. I know where each affiliate is doing pretty well. Um but at this point if there's a guy that's doing well enough, um, they're moving them quickly to get to the majors at this point. Um even like Davis Martin's probably the better example. He moved up from double A um right up to the majors to go and help. Lenin Sosa did the same thing.
0: As our organization they seem to be smart or cheap or <laughs> smart and cheap, whatever. Um, but I mean, other organizations then somehow then do it differently. Cause I mean, somebody's got to win these games. I mean, you're saying, okay, the White Sox are emphasizing the fast lane, sort of like the the Ken Williams thinking of like, okay, we need to win now. Just win now, baby, get guys up. Um, and, and it, it, to be fair, White Sox do have a good percentage of their draft picks on their major league roster. Certainly a year ago they did. Um, uh, but there are uh, organizations that do a little bit differently and they're more, they, they more, they more slow track. They don't need the help at the majors. I mean, I I guess the answer is yes, but it would be surprising that there'd be that, that big a difference in approaches, but I guess there is.
1: Uh, Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, if we're, if we are continuing with the Rays, um, I mean, they just have like waves and waves of waves of guys kind of at um, similar or at each uh, kind of level. Um, and a lot higher ce- ceilings, and they obviously put a lot more money into player development. Um, and same with the Dodgers. Like you, you can, you will always see certain teams, you know, right at the top, even if they're in their you know winning window, because of how they develop guys. Um, and I'm not really sure, you know, how far behind the Sox are from the tippy top of those guys. I know they're not. You know, team uh, 2019, they have been talking about more and more ways of improving just player development in general. Um, But that's basically where it comes down to. If you're not using every single tool to your um, advantage, you fall behind. And that seems like what happened for the Sox for a long, long time. I'm not sure if they're catching up um, because, again, the high school pitchers they've taken, which is usually the guys that are going to be the best options long-term, have not worked out still. Um, So we'll see kind of how it goes Um, at this point. We all know their struggles in taking uh, just bats first and then kind of trying to find their way onto the field. Um, Jake Berger, Zach Collins, um, Kevin Sheets, those guys all first, second round draft picks. Um, And I don't know what (laughs) they've been doing to deserve the injury bug they've gotten. A lot of guys just um, kind of floundered uh, in their top uh, draft picks that just got hurt. Uh mentioned Alec Hansen, if you guys remember Zach Birdie, he used to throw really hard, got hurt, didn't throw hard any longer, uh, and was getting some major league time, but kind of floundered there. And then hey. Carson Fulmer. Yeah. I don't know what happened with Carson Fulmer, but um, that's, We'll see how this iteration of it goes um, because it does, they took back-to-back high school, like high projectability um, players. And Colson Montgomery has looked like the best prospect we've seen Mm -hmm. for the Sox in in a while Mm -hmm. since probably Moncada or um, just in general. Mm -hmm. Not sure about internal guys who he would be the best one since um, internally. There hasn't been a ton lately of pure they just drafted them or or um i guess Louis robert counts but i think he's a little bit too old to be um tim anderson that much but yeah timmy yeah probably tim anderson that's the last guy <laughs> oh my God.
0: i just want to stab myself in the eye okay wait a minute okay hey ian hamilton just got he's a yankee now okay all right white Sox. okay hold on yeah. now you just said waves and waves and i think okay but i Wait, the white, the white, why can't, why can't the White Sox have waves and waves? And then I thought, okay, I, Darren doesn't need to answer this for me. I'm really dumb, but here's how you can do waves. You don't waves and waves of talent. You don't trade away your international money for nothing. You offer a qual, you give qualifying offers when the situation presents itself <laughs> to get an extra high uh. draft pick. And I'm dumb, Darren, I'm dumb. And I know those two things. I don't have a front office behind me and I knew those two things. I bet you if you whispered in my ear, not that you have to whisper in my ear, if you whispered in my ear, we'd have like five ways we could strategize to get waves and waves of talent. And yet look at us. We're just doing the, uh, Evan Scoug uh, on the farm podcast right now instead of, <laughs> uh, sitting like fat cats in the, in the suite class there on 35th and shields. Oh, Darren, how did it all go wrong? Okay. Darren, I have one more question for you. And that is you mentioned, um, earlier in the first half or early in the second half here, some of the relievers, some of the relief arms, some guys you're not even certain are going to be starters or relievers, but I think there's a four or five that you mentioned in the preview. I'm curious to know maybe what the one guy that's really catching your eye or the guy that you think might uh, be able to move fastest or you're most impressed by of that group, knowing that they all have that potential. Is there one guy that we might just want to put a little asterisk on?
1: Um, I, I mean, the, out of so the group that was mentioned, it was Shane Murphy, Mark McLaughlin, Billy Seidel, Drew McDaniel. Um I think the guys that are kind of tweener's right now Shane Murphy and Drew McDaniel are probably the guys to watch out for.
0: Okay.
1: Um again it's not necessarily a bad thing uh to be labeled as a reliever at this point <laughs> but if you if a team is trying to see if you can actually be a starter um then that's you usually you're thinking a bit better about that. Yeah, sure. Um sometimes it doesn't work out like Jason Jason B a guy we brought up <laughs> previously. I've said he should just be a reliever for the longest time yeah. and they just were like no. Let he, me guess,
0: Darren. He, Cleveland's going to figure him out. Let me guess. Yeah. He hasn't <laughs> played yet
1: so I don't know but right. um uh but yeah, so yeah, those two would be the guys that I would watch out for um and then um um we'll see after that. I'm not sure yeah. who gets moved up first when Noah Schultz gets gets here. Assuming everyone's healthy, which just may be a huge assumption, but um, Murphy and McDaniel are probably the two guys out of those kind of four um, higher, higher paid 2022 draft picks to watch to see if they can move up quickly.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. We have to wrap this up quickly. Now I'm already getting a bunch of notification dings of hate emails from the White Sox front office for what I just said. Somehow they're getting this broadcast live. I don't know how they're actually snooping in on that, but they already know how they were just dissed so badly because I dared suggest that at some point there should be waves and waves of talent in our organization, not just all the other ones, but sorry, but I got to get to answer those uh, really quick Darren. so, I mean, we, we gotta, we gotta wind this up. Um, but tonight, uh, opening night for the three affiliates that aren't named the Charlotte Knights, including the one that you are wearing on your head, Canapolis Cannonballers. And that is the biggest question mark of uh, our affiliates. And that will probably then mean that they're going to be some of the most fun storylines or certainly the most entertaining story. Uh, so that's why we play the season. That's why we pay attention uh to the affiliates. That's why Darren Black pays attention to the affiliates so that he can help educate me on a weekly basis here on the Sox Pop on the Farm or a.k.a. the Evan Skowg uh memorial podcast because he's our he's just our best buddy and we walk the same high school halls as him and uh well listen uh i'm going to try to beg darren into doing as much saturday coverage as possible but uh i think we have to wait until sundays and i think i don't know if it's tuesdays he's doing you know he's doing his minor league update stuff you know we're gonna try and load him up i mean he's already he's packed it pretty good and then of course his weekly stuff his monthly stuff and as many of these podcasts as i can uh somehow cajole him into doing we're hoping it'll be weekly but we'll see uh for now we're going to take a little bit of break because we've done one two three four in a row and we are previewing guys we've maybe even never seen play or certainly i'm like who is this guy can you pronounce his name for me darren so thank you darren for educating uh us on uh, all these guys uh four levels hey we get to do a couple more mid-season ish we'll get to do a couple more because we got dsl talk and ACL talk. Maybe we'll smash into one like we sometimes do, or maybe we'll break it out. Who knows if Lloyd L. Chapelli, if my brother is not playing in cannabals, Oh, we're going to definitely do just an ACL. Cause I'm going to have like 15 questions about Lloyd I mean, and you're going to have to be prepared to say, Brett, you're right to be on this guy because, Oh my God, I just watched some footage and my jaw dropped. Anyhow, that's for <laughs> like weeks from now. So I'll let you take a break. I'll let you take the hat off. I'll let you get back to your life. Uh, And I'll let you not deal with all our crazy kerosene laptop technical difficulties. We got to see Darren Black for these last two uh, affiliate previews. Thank goodness. All is well. All is back to normal. And we'll be back, man, weekish, weekish 10 days or so. I don't know, a week or so. Darren's going to have his player of the week. Uh, soon enough coming around the turn, maybe uh, 10 days or so from now. So uh, maybe that's the next time we will join you on a podcast. Thanks for joining us now. And I'm now going to stop this recording and see if my laptop will actually stop the recording. <laughs> Let's find out together.